Jewish Audio on Chabad.org. There's an expression we hear many times, keep the fire burning. Everybody likes to wake up in the morning, start their day on a positive note, and keep that fire burning throughout the day. Sometimes life doesn't go the way we want it to go, and sometimes our light and our flame gets diminished. But we try so hard to keep the fire burning. We want to remain every day, all day, on a high, on a positive note, with strength, with power, with passion, with vigor. In this week's Torah portion, we read that the fire on the altar should be kept burning. It shall not go out. What does this mean? The commentaries teach us, among them, the holy Alshech, that there's a fire of love for God that burns within every soul. Every single one of us is blessed with that burning fire. And it's the task of the Kohen, of the spiritual leader of the generation, to find that fire and to feed that fire. There's a very powerful message for all of us. You see, no matter how difficult life may be, and no matter how dark things may seem to be, we need to remember that deep inside of us, every one of us has that burning flame. Every one of us has that burning fire. Unfortunately, very often that fire seems to be diminished. But the truth is, we need a leader. We need a Rebbe. We need a Nasi. Someone like the high priest who comes and moves around a little bit the coals to uncover the incredible fire that is burning there all along. That is one of the key messages in this week's Torah portion. And that is the message I want to share with you this week as we celebrate Shabbat on the eve of the Rebbe's birthday. And it's a great time to talk about the Rebbe's intense and infinite love for every Jew. When the Rebbe looked at anyone, the Rebbe viewed that person at their core. The fact is that the soul is one with God. And at the core, every Jew is pure. And every Jew wants to fulfill God's will at all times. But sometimes it may seem like that flame is diminished. But the Rebbe saw that light within every person. The Rebbe kindled that flame. The Rebbe not only believed in every Jew, but the Rebbe helps every Jew recognize and acknowledge that they also believe in the fact that they believe. Every Jew has a burning fire. And if you forgot about it, the Rebbe will remind you. That's the power of the Rebbe Shluchim all over the world, ensuring that those flames keep burning. Every Shliach is a messenger, is an emissary of the Kohen Gadol of the High Priest, who's saying, take that shovel, move around the ashes, move around the flames, make sure the fire is burning, because that is the way we look at a fellow Jew. Eish Tamid. It is the responsibility of every one of us on the Rebbe's birthday to embrace that same calling, to do what we can to ensure that the flame always stays alive, that every Jew has a burning fire. Sometimes it may seem like they're so far away and the flame is so diminished, but every single Jew has that burning flame. It is our job to bring it out. Sometimes the flame is so hidden that it's like a flintstone where the fire is hidden within the rock. But if you rub the stones together, then the fire will come out. Let's do our part to go out there and kindle 
those flames. Let's celebrate the Rebbe's birthday by reminding ourselves that it is incumbent upon us to ignite the souls of every Jew we meet to ensure that their flames are burning. Look around the room right now. Do you sense the fire? Do you sense the flames within the hearts and the souls of the Jews sitting to your right and to the left? If you do, that's great. And if you don't, stoke their flames. Bring it out. You have the ability to do that. This is the message, this is the mission that the Rebbe gives our generation. For this week's story, I want to invite you to take me very far away. The story took place in a small town called Darwin, a place that is so far away that you would never dream that a Jew even lives there. Join me as we go to the Northern Territory of Australia as we enter the streets of Darwin, the capital of that region of the world. The story took place on the 11th of Nisan, the Rebbe's birthday, four days before Passover in the year 2006. Two young rabbinical students, Yaakov Chaitin and Zev Shusterman, were doing their part to try to find every Jew they can possibly discover in that forsaken place. They were searching, they were looking, they went from one house to another. And finally, they found one more address on their list, 55 Parp Harp Road, which will be the last address. As they walked into the courtyard of 55 Parp Harp Road, four large buildings were surrounding them. And it seemed like they were in the epic center of a commune of people that lived in a very primitive state. Substance abuse was all around them. They had tremendous fear and trepidation. They looked at each other and they said, there's no way there's a Jew in this forsaken place. But then they said, if we came this far, let's give it a try. They approached a group of young men and they asked, any chance you know the name of Joseph D. Becker? That's the name that we have on our list. The young men motioned to them to go upstairs. They went upstairs, one floor, two floors. The building was reeking of foul smell. The floors were dirty. They were about to turn around when finally on the fourth floor, as they walked up with creaky steps, they saw a group of older men. They figured this must be the elders of the commune. They asked them, do you know perhaps a man by the name of Joseph D. Becker? They just shrugged their shoulders and ignored them. They were about to leave when one of the elders sitting there said, actually, there is a name of a man named Joseph who lives one flight up. Well, sure enough, with a box of matzah in their hands, they excitingly approached the door, assuming that no one's even behind. They knocked a number of times and they said, Joseph, Joseph, we are here. We brought you matzah. And at that moment, the door opened up. And an old weary man stood there with tears streaming down his face. Before they could exchange any words, the old man looked at them and kept on repeating again and again, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. He kept on repeating those words as he stood there gazing upon us. We just stood there speechless and perplexed. The two rabbinical students had no idea what to do with themselves. They're standing in this forsaken town, far away in the northern territories of Australia, some far off corner of the universe. And as Yaakov and Zev are standing at their doorway, seeing in front of them this forsaken apartment building, an older gentleman with tears pouring down his eyes, looking at them and saying, I can't believe it, I can't believe it. What happened? What's going on? After a few moments, 
Joseph calmed down and he invited them inside. And they sat down at the table and Joseph began to tell the story. I am a survivor of the Holocaust. I went through the horrors of the war. After the war was finally over, I wanted to run away from everything. I lost my family. I lost my faith. I lost everything that I had in my life. So I moved far away to Perth and I married a non-Jewish woman and I had a son. After my business failed and I got divorced, there was nothing left for me to be in Perth. The only reason for me to live was my son, the only person I had left in my life. My son joined the Australian army and he stationed in Darwin. So I moved here. And as Joseph continues to say the story, he takes a sip of water and he says, I moved to Darwin to be near my son. And I found shelter with my few belongings in this government building, this building that's owned by this commune. And slowly over time, unfortunately, I lost contact with everybody. My son stopped visiting me. I lost contact with any friends. I have no internet. I have no email. I don't even have a telephone. I leave my house just to buy the beer essentials. No one comes to visit me anymore. But I want you to know that from when I was a little boy, I always remembered that around April and the beginning of the springtime is a Jewish holiday. I don't remember much about this holiday, but I knew that for a period of time, bread is forbidden and we have flat crackers. Yesterday, I was sitting here on this broken table in this shattered apartment, in this falling apart building, and all of a sudden those memories started to flood my mind and my heart. And I started feeling a deep connection to my Jewish identity. I fell asleep that night, lonely and depressed. I was tossing and turning in my bed. For the first time in years, I truly felt alone, like nobody cares and nobody knows. I cried out the names of my mother and my father, my siblings who were murdered by the Nazi butchers. And here I am, lying in bed, days before the Passover holiday, with flashbacks of those memories coming back to my mind. But when I finally fell asleep, I must tell you, I promise you, this is true. I had a dream that some rabbis came to my home and they brought me the flat crackers for the holiday. And that's why when you knocked on my door, I thought I was hallucinating. I was poking you and prodding you to make sure you're real. As Joseph is sitting there with tears pouring down his face, the two young men, Yaakov and Zev, were overwhelmed and deeply moved. They spent some time speaking with him, listening to a man who's all but forgotten by society. Tears of joy were streaming down Joseph's face as they helped him put on tefillin the first time since his bar mitzvah days in the shtetl before his life fell apart by the Nazis. They sat there for a long time and they said to him, do you know why we're here? Do you know who sent us? Who sent us to this corner of the world? It's the Lubavitcher Rebbe, who was the priest, the Kohen Gadol, who wants to keep your flame alive. He wants to turn over your fire so it's shining bright. Before we left, we gave him all the Jewish reading material we had, including a booklet that we had that's called The Rebbe on Appreciation. It's a small booklet that has different articles about the Lubavitcher Rebbe with some pictures of the Rebbe. Joseph walked us all the way downstairs, thanking us in the depth of his heart and said goodbye to us. What a beautiful moment, my friends. But the story's not over. A year later, these two young men went back to Darwin. They were looking forward to meet all the Jews who they encountered the previous year, but they were especially looking forward to meet Joseph. 
since their last visit, they did their part to take care of him and to help him, to provide him some more basic needs so that he can live more comfortably. And sure enough, as they entered the old man's apartment, they embraced and they sat down to talk. And as Joseph was speaking about the help that he got from the community and how since our last visit, people have been reaching out to support him and give him company and give him love and support. I noticed, says Yaakov, that the apartment's walls were covered with pictures of the Rebbe, neatly cut out from that brochure that they gave them the year before. So I looked at Joseph and I casually remarked, what are these pictures on the wall? I thought maybe he just found some nice pictures to decorate his apartment. But instead, Joseph looked at me and said with words from the depth of his heart, you don't remember the dream? The man in these pictures is the man who sent you boys to me. My friends, this is just one glimpse of the Rebbe kindling the flame of one Jew so far away on the top floor of a forsaken apartment building in a corner of the world. This is the Rebbe's legacy, this is the Rebbe's life, and this is the inspiration for us to do our part, to kindle the flames of every Jew that we encounter. Let's ensure that the fire never goes out. This is Rabbi Zalman Dachdal. Thoughts, questions, comments, feedback, 785-917-0200.